Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. Besides being famous, what do Tom Brady, Beyonce, and Bill Clinton all have in common? The answer is their plant-based diet. A recent study revealed that the number of Americans adopting a plant-based diet is up nearly 10 million in the past 15 years. So what are the guidelines of a plant-based diet, and do you need to be a vegan to benefit from this lifestyle? Joining us today to discuss this is Lynn Meadows, a District Medical Group Physician Assistant at Valleywise Health. Lynn works at the brand new Valleywise Comprehensive Health Center Peoria, which opened in January of 2021. Located at Grand Avenue and Cotton Crossing, this impressive facility offers a wide range of primary and specialty care services for the whole family. Learn more at valleywisehealth.org. Lynn, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. How did you become interested in plant-based diets? Well, I was actually diagnosed with stage three cancer about 15 years ago. And before I was diagnosed, I was under the impression that I was actually living a healthy lifestyle. But as soon as I was diagnosed, I intuitively recognized that there were things in my diet that weren't healthy for me. So I started taking those foods out, uh, and that would include things like sodas and processed foods. And 14 years later, my diet was relatively clean, but I still had a lot of fatigue. I was tired all the time. So I was talking with a friend about it, and my friend has a fantastic story. She said that about 17 years ago, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and her prognosis was very grim. So they told her that she was looking towards complete disablement. So she was going to be bedridden at some point in her life. And so she was on every medication known to to man, uh, and it would work for a little while, and then it wouldn't work anymore. And so one day she started to change up her diet. She had a little bit of improvement, not much. I think in maybe 2013 she went vegan, a little bit of improvement, but it wasn't significant enough. And then in 2017 she went completely plant-based, and since then she's lost 77 pounds. She's been able to keep it off. Uh, and her rheumatoid arthritis, for the most part, is in remission. So on occasion, she might get a flare, and that will affect maybe her wrists and her hands. Uh, but on the whole, she feels very good. And so I was inspired by this, and I was tired of being tired. So I went ahead, and I went back, and I did the research. And what I found is that this could be something that I could do. So I kind of jumped in with both feet. And today, I'm probably about 98% plant-based. Um, I might have maybe an egg or you know, a little bit of cheese here and there. Um, but I feel better, I have more energy. Um, other side effects that I wasn't prepared for is uh, my allergies are gone, so I woke up one day and I could breathe. I was like, oh, that's new. And you know, my headaches have improved, so there's just been a lot of benefits for me. So that's, that's a, the short version of my journey. Well, that's a wonderful story. It really demonstrates some of the benefits that we see as people you know, get into the plant-based diet and truly you know, find this life-changing. Yes. You know, with this, is this something then that you're able to share and recommend to your patients? patients that you're treating. Absolutely. So for most of my patients, I recommend it. It's a little bit of a process. I'm very new at this, so I don't have it all figured out yet. Uh, But I do recommend it for most of my patients. And um, a lot of times when you only have a 15, 20 minute slot where you can see a patient, you're a little bit limited. So I've actually created a a packet that patients can take home with them. And it talks about what a plant-based diet is, what it looks like. It provides places where they can go and do the research for themselves. 
and then it takes them step by step through the process and how they can do it and it gives them a few recipes where they can start so if patients are interested they can have you know one of those packets or we can talk about it more and that's actually been a good thing for a lot of patients i bet i mean just having that resource to be able to take home is wonderful you know i i recognize we've said plant-based diet mm-hmm. but we haven't really defined what that means mm-hmm. so kind of walk us through what it means to have a plant-based diet So a plant-based diet is a diet that meets your nutritional needs by eliminating the foods that are going to be unhealthy for you, so foods that are not fuel for your body, and including whole foods that have been minimally processed or not processed at at all, as well as plants that are going to be beneficial for you and then no animal ingredients. Okay. Does this mean cutting out meat and dairy entirely? If you're going to be completely plant-based, yes. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about plant-based diets, about the pros and cons. At ValleyWise Health, our goal is to help you live your healthiest, happiest life. As part of that, we're excited to be opening our new community health centers across Maricopa County to bring exceptional health care right to your neighborhood. In fact, we've recently started offering a number of specialty health care services at our brand new ValleyWise Comprehensive Health Center in Peoria, located near Grand Avenue and Cotton Crossing. You can receive primary care for the whole family, as well as dentistry, sports medicine, OBGYN services, and much more. Learn more at valleywisehealth.org. What are some misconceptions that patients have and people have around plant-based diets? So there's actually quite a few misconceptions. I'll probably talk about just the top three. Probably the first one is plant-based and vegan are the same. So that's a misconception. So you can be vegan, which simply means no animal products and being healthy. So how does that happen? Well, soda and french fries are vegan, right? So you can have a lunch with soda and french fries and you've had a vegan diet, but you haven't had any fuel that's going to power your body versus a plant-based diet where you're actually getting the fuel that you need from the foods that you were designed to eat. So that's probably one misconception. Another one that's, that ends up being a little more of a touchy subject is going to be carbs are bad. So there's this new thing out there that carbs are bad for you. And I've had patients come in and they tell me, oh, I stopped eating carrots and I'm, I'm, I can't quite figure out why. Well, because it has carbs in them. And I'm like, okay, well, let's back up a few steps. So the body is actually very well designed to run off carbohydrates, provided they're the right carbohydrates. So your body's not going to run well off donuts and Twinkies. Uh, But it's going to do a much better job when you have whole foods like your brown rice, your quinoa, oatmeal, those types of things. So if you have the right kinds of carbs, that's going to fuel your diet. When people go on low-carb diets, uh, they actually make what's called ketones in their body. And those ketones will then start powering the brain, powering the body. And your body wasn't designed for that. So over time, that can be very hard on the body. And so research has actually shown that you're going to do worse if you adopt a keto diet long-term. So long-term, you're at greater risk for having kidney stones, bone density loss, which means your bones can break easier, and you're at greater risk for heart attack and stroke. And the reason is because the animal fat and the animal protein are going to start collecting and causing problems for your arteries. You're going to develop plaque, and that plaque is going to close up every your, your arteries, making you at greater risk. And probably the third misconception is going to be that the diet is limited. And for me, I found that I was very limited when I was tired all the time. And I got tired of being tired all the time. So when I made the change, what I ended up finding is that it wasn't limiting at all. I was giving up some foods that were not healthy for me, yes. But I was opening up a world of a lot of different flavors, colors, textures. And so I have a very wide variety of foods that I eat um, that makes eating very enjoyable. 
you know, we were talking shortly before we started recording about, you know, athletes and athletes switching, you know, from a traditional uh, meat-based or, you know, traditional American diet into a plant-based diet. What are some of the benefits that and some of the reasons that many of these athletes are moving to plant-based diets? Yeah, and so you had mentioned some of the athletes earlier when, when you did the introduction, but there's, if you go and Google, uh, athletes that are plant-based, a whole list of people comes up and, and you know, wonderful people like Venus Williams. Uh, if you don't know, she's a she's a professional tennis player. She's at the top of her game. Uh, people like Nate Diaz, he's martial arts. Uh, Steph Davis, she's a professional rock climber. And they might have different reasons for starting a plant-based diet. So some will, you know, are passionate about the environment. Some, you know, are very passionate about protecting animals. But when you read their stories, you find that almost all of them have very similar stories once they go into a plant-based diet, and that is they feel better, they have more energy, their blood pressure goes down, their stress decreases, and as athletes, they perform better. And they've actually supposed some, some scientific reasons for this. So they believe that the carbohydrates, the healthy carbohydrates are going to get turned into what we call glycogen, which is just a source of energy. And that gets stored into your muscles. And then when you need to use your muscles, you actually perform better because you have more energy stored up. So wonderful. It's fascinating to see the, you know, it's truly the biology behind this. As you said, our human bodies are really designed as machines. Mm -hmm. And when we get the right gas or fuel in these machines, truly the performance that we can see um, from making these relatively small changes in the choices that we make to to fuel our bodies, yes. you know, as we go forward. One of the areas that I hear a lot about concerns with is is protein. How would someone get enough protein in their diet if they truly eliminate those animal products that are usually a large source of protein for many folks uh, in their diet? Absolutely. So uh, one of the, again, a misconception, when you when you go up to somebody and you find out that they're vegan or plant-based, one of the first questions is, how do you get your protein? And it's interesting because I don't go up to somebody with a standard American diet and say, oh, well, where do you get your phytonutrients and your, and your, you know, your antioxidants? And so what ends up happening is when you're on a plant-based diet, your body is designed to eat the protein that's in the plants. See, we can take a, a message from the animal kingdom. So if you look in the animal kingdom, you look at very large uh, land animals like your elephants, your rhinoceroses, uh, hippopotamuses, they, they don't eat meat, right? So where do they get their protein? Well, they get it from the plants that they eat. So all plants have protein in them and protein is actually more bioavailable for human bodies, which means the human body is designed to actually process plant protein. And when you do the research, there's actually no known cases of people on plant-based whole foods diets that have protein deficiency. And so when it comes to protein, standard American diet, most people have twice the amount of protein that they should have in their diet. And so that can be damaging to the kidneys over time. And so when it comes to protein and plant-based diets, um, it's almost not an issue. Physician assistant Lynn Meadows is answering your top questions about plant-based diets. What are some of the best sources of healthy fats. We just talked about proteins. We also, you know, worried and need to have some amount of fat in our diets too, again, in order to have all of that metabolism that we've been talking to it. How, what are some of the best sources of those healthy fats that people can eat as they transition into a plant-based diet? So there's quite a few sources. Um, some of the best sources are going to be nuts and seeds. And we say that in its two categories, but there's also a lot of nuts. There's a lot of different types of seeds out there. So chia seeds, 
Uh, ground up flax seeds have a lot of nutrients as well as a lot of healthy fats in them. So, and then there's a, a wide variety of nuts, your walnuts, your cashews, things like that. So um, nuts and seeds is a great source. Avocados is another good source. Uh, a lot of people enjoy olives. Um, you have to be careful with the salt content when it comes to olives, but that's an option. And then uh, soy will have some as well. The biggest piece when it comes to fats is you don't, if you're trying to lose weight, you don't want to have a fat with a carb. So that's why if you have your steak and your potatoes and your green beans, you think it's, it's you know, you've got your carb and your meat and your fat and you, it, it looks like it's a great thing. But when you're trying to lose weight, the combination of the carb with the, the fat is actually going to make it very difficult. And there's a whole lot of science behind that. So it's not the potato that's actually making you fat. It's the combination of the fat, the butter and the cheese and, and, and with the meat that's actually causing some problems. So um, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, space things out a little bit, maybe about four hours, you can have some carbs and that's okay. And then you can have your avocado, avocado with your greens, uh, you know, four hours later. So that's an option for you. Wonderful. You know, it's again, just truly the science behind all of this and what we need to do from this. What is the most challenging part about making the switch to this lifestyle? Oh, detoxing. <laughs> so when you first start out, your body doesn't know what to do with it because it's been very used to foods that you might be addicted to. So sugar, oils, and salts um, are going to be very foods that are just going to cause your body a lot of problems. So when you make the switch, your body starts to do what we call a detox. And it can be weird. You can have some weird changes that happen. So uh, digestive changes can be weird. And you can have, you know, your stools might be abnormal. You might have some mood changes. Uh, and you might have some cravings that you don't quite know what to do with. So when you first start off, there's going to be a lot of emotional as well as physical changes that you're not comfortable with. And so one of the best ways to deal with that is to be a part of a community. So get plugged in with a plant-based community or at least one other person that's also doing a plant-based diet so that you can kind of go through those, those, those things together. What do you tell people as they're transitioning to this diet? How long does that detox last? How long does it take for our bodies to adjust if we make these types of changes? So on average, it takes anywhere from two to four weeks. It depends upon how sick you are. So my friend who had rheumatoid arthritis, it took her a, a lot longer because she'd been sick for a very long period of time. So it took her probably closer to a year to actually go through that process. But most people, you have the worst part of the detox for about two to four weeks. Interesting. You know, as part of this too, do you recommend as people are transitioning into a plant-based diet that they have to take any supplements along with it, any of the vitamins or anything else that they may not be able to get just by having a, uh, a plant-based diet? So in general, worldwide, soil depletion rates are actually very high, which means we don't have a lot of nutrients in our soil. So regardless of the foods that we eat, most people are probably deficient in some, some type of a, a nutrient. And so when it comes to plant-based diets, vitamin B12 is specific to animal products. So vitamin B12 is actually made by bacteria in the gut of some animals, and we can't get it without having uh, you know, just from plants. So vitamin B12, it's recommended by doctors that you have about 2000 micrograms per week. Um, most people are deficient in vitamin D, um, regardless of what you eat. So having about 2000 units per day. So vitamin D is you, you take it daily. Um, and then there might be a few other nutrients that you would want to supplement with it. Those are things that you can find online. 
Um, but those are probably the two biggest ones. And I think that underscores the importance as you're transitioning, you know, and making these dietary changes. If you want to make these dietary changes, really collaborating with your healthcare provider around it, because Mm -hmm. these are some of these things that we can measure, you know, through some basic lab tests and some discussions around the diet and be able to then recommend and tailor this personally to each patient, you know, depending on what their goals are, you know, along these areas. Absolutely. How many fruits and vegetables should you actually be eating? You know, we've talked a little bit about some of these plant-based, but is there an amount or or is there a ratio that folks should be, you know, striving to have? So if you you go on the internet with that, you're going to find a wide variety of of different views on that. What I found, there's actually a good app. It's called The Daily Dozen. It was put together uh, initially by a a gentleman named Dr. Michael Greger. He's a plant-based medical doctor. And he actually has uh, this app where everything is listed for you. So it'll say you need three servings of beans and it goes, if you want to, you can go into detail about what that looks like. Um, And so for me, I found that that's the best source if you're just starting out to kind of figure out what the balance is and what you should be having. So looking for sources like that, I think is the best place to start. Wonderful. How much is too much? You know, how much of this really can you, you know, we overdo it very easily as part of of a a typical American diet. How much is too much in a plant-based diet? So, and that's a great question because there's also a misconception that a calorie is a calorie. And from a scientific perspective, that that might be true. But it's interesting when I get a patient that will come into my office and they bring their 64-ounce Big Gulp with them. And what ends up happening, if you do the research, that 64-ounce Big Gulp of, say, your standard soda like a Coke or Pepsi has 800 calories in it. And if you convert that to strawberries, that would be 15 cups of strawberries that you would have to eat in order to get the the same amount of calories. So if you end up drinking that soda, you're having 8,800 calories that you're putting into your diet versus, you know, if you're eating some strawberries, you're going to get full maybe after a cup. And so when it comes to eating too much with plant-based, it's really hard to do because the receptors in your stomach are going to tell you that you're full and you feel good and so you stop eating. So it's very difficult to get too much on a plant-based diet. You know, we've talked a lot about the benefits to transitioning to a plant-based diet. Are there any cons to switching to a plant-based diet? I think for for me, sometimes if you go to restaurants, restaurants don't have a lot of plant-based menus and so you, you have to make some adjustments before you go, and then you have to make sure you're communicating what you're looking for when you go to that restaurant. I think that that can be a, a, a drawback. Uh, preparing and prepping can be a con because you actually have to spend some time to figure out what are you going to put together. Um, and so for some people, if they're very time-bound, that might not work for them. And then you're going to run into temptation. So when it comes to, you know, you're going to not so much, you know, the past year with COVID, but you're going to get out and you're going to go to potlucks and things like that. And there's going to be wonderful, you know, tasty, tempting things that are not plant based. And so you kind of have to train yourself to get to a place where you're going to say no to those particular types of foods in favor of your health. Today, we're talking about the pros and cons of plant based diets. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health by calling 833 833- 855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. What are some examples of good plant-based meals? For so, Let's start with breakfast. You know, what are some good examples there? 
So you can keep it simple. You don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to cook a big meal. You can just have some oatmeal that doesn't have added sugar. You can add a plant-based milk like almond milk. Top it with some ground up flax seeds, a few berries, a little bit of cinnamon for some extra flavor, uh, maybe some sunflower seeds, and you have yourself a complete meal that's very filling and tasty. How about a snack during the day? You know, uh, many of us, you know, us in particular that run from room to room to room all day as we're seeing patients, you know, as we go forward, what is a snack that people can have with them that's easy, that's plant-based rather than running to the vending machine and buying, you know, the gummy bears and the chips that may be available? Yes, absolutely. So when it comes to snacks, I personally don't eat a lot of snacks. And the biggest reason is because I eat three large plant-based meals per day and I'm full. So I don't have a desire for to have additional food. But you are going to have those times when you're like, wow, I didn't eat enough food this morning. I, I need a snack. So uh, easy things that you can do ahead of time. You can make, uh, I call them nutty bites. So you take a bunch of different types of of nuts, you blend them together with some dates and a little bit of cocoa powder, uh, add a little bit of water so you can make them into little bite-sized pieces and you put them in the fridge or the freezer and then just kind of take them with you. So that would be an example of something that would be very easy. Wonderful. It's just, you know, a tremendous amount of things that people can do and have access to as they transition to yeah. this. And certainly as we've seen this become, you know, more discussed within, you know, uh, popular culture and, and, and around us, those options are increasing. I know, as you noted, you know, it's difficult to sometimes find as we go out, but we certainly see this expanding, you know, as people become more interested and are more individuals that are making these types of transitions. Unfortunately, a lot of times fruits and vegetables can be more expensive and harder on the budget than say fast food or some of these more convenient options. How can you stay healthy and transition to a plant-based diet if you're on a budget? That can be a difficult place. So a lot of people are really struggling financially and a lot of people are living in places where they have food deserts. So what, what can you do? And there are some options that are available for you. And one of those things is the internet. So the internet has actually exploded with cheap, easy, plant-based recipes. So if you just Google that, you're gonna pull up a number of things that can help you. And then another option would be um, to take a look at what you're actually eating. So for example, beans are really cheap. Beans are a very healthy food. And you know, I might buy four cans of beans for less than a buck. And so, you know, I'm not just cheap, I'm a little bit lazy too. So I just buy the can <laughs> of beans and, and I'm set with that. Um, when it comes to um, vegetables, vegetables, you can buy frozen vegetables at places like Walmart or Fry's for 88 cents. And so there are options that are available. And then, you know, kind of pick and choose. If you're like, hey, you know what, I can't do this vegetable this week, but this one is on sale or, you know, then you can go ahead and go with that particular option. And, and I think that's important for us to to recognize that there are a lot of options here that are cost effective if you are making this transition. And I think you're correct is the internet is a truly, is a wonderful resource as you, as you look and search for this type of information to be able to put, you know, these lists together about how people can be effective and really stretch their available, you know, dollar to, uh, to achieve their goals uh, in transitioning to these types of diets um, as we go forward. You know, we've talked a little bit about this. How would you recommend somebody get started? You know, we did talk a little bit about as a patient came into your clinic that you prepared some resources. What are some, you know, just easy ways that folks can get started if they're thinking about making this transition? 
So I think there, again, is a misconception that there's one right way and you have to do it that way and people kind of get pigeonholed into that and then that gets frustrating for them. So first, there's no one right way if you already have some ideas in your mind and want to implement those. I, I absolutely encourage that. If you're not quite sure where to start, my recommendation is start with the research. So go to the internet and research plant-based whole foods diet. And when you do that, you kind of take ownership of it. So it's not that somebody has told you to do this. It's that, hey, I know why I'm doing this and, and what I'm going to benefit from it. So that would be my first step. The next step is you need to actually, and you mentioned this earlier, go and see your PCP. So get a set of baseline labs, let them know, hey, I'm looking to start actually doing this and kind of walk through that process with them. There may be some groups of people that might not benefit or there might have some significant challenges to a plant-based diet. Um, and like people with kidney dialysis have some very specific nutritional needs. So, so you would need to speak with your PCP before engaging with that. So I think that that's very important. And then once you do that, the first step I would do is flood your body with nutrition. And so, you know, my friend, she takes two pounds of vegetables and she has those two pounds of leafy greens and vegetables that she has every single day. And when she does that, she finds that she's actually full and that helps to take care of the cravings. And so that ends up being a very good benefit for her. Um, and then within the first few weeks, start tapering off your animal products. And then once you're done with that part, then the next step would be to start decreasing your sugar, your salt and your oil. So really, you know, a, a nice stepwise approach. Lynn, thank you so much for your time today. If you want to learn more about plant-based diets, we have a blog on our Wellness Now website. Just visit valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.